0: Welcome to the Voice of the Force podcast. Temple Archives books, A Test of Courage. My name is Noma, and I'm joined by my co-host Dan.
1: Hey, how you doing, Noma? Eh, I mean, <laughs> I'm
0: I'm alive. It's the important part. We're all part. breathing. <laughs> exactly. And Ed, you. How so, are you doing? Eh, Same. You know,
1: like I said, I'm alive. Seems well, like you, you do, are Ed. too. <laughs>
2: not
0: waking up
1: (laughs) (laughs) we should maybe move these but uh, Mm. we'll find a time
0: yeah exactly
1: Uh, well Ed
0: since you're conscious do you mind uh, telling us what the podcast is about
2: yeah so on Temple Archives we go over Star Wars canon if we're reading comics, books or even watching movies we'll go over the story we'll summarize it real quick for you we'll talk about how it relates to either legends or canon material have a little bit of a discussion about it that goes into some more spoilery parts, and then we discuss where it fits into the timeline. It's all in
0: all pretty easy to follow. Yeah, exactly. And uh, this will probably be the last time that we go over this, but if you're, uh, if you're an old time listener, you might not know that we've changed up our format. So uh, Dan, do you wanna explain that a little bit?
1: Yeah, we have a new short summary format where we have basically the back of the book summary that we've written ourselves, Giving you the general idea of what happens in the book without being too spoilery and we have our spoiler free discussion where we talk about um you know our main thoughts of the book and uh what we thought if you know it's worth reading or if it is uh interesting to like the greater galaxy as a whole and then we get into our spoiler discussion which goes into the main plot points characters conflicts all the, the juicy parts of the book so if you are uh, have not read this book yet and just want to hear kind of maybe i want to see what your opinion is on it first uh, listen up to the spoiler free discussion and make a decision for yourself if you want to actually read it or just jump into the spoiler discussion and listen to that and uh yeah with that uh there's a few ways you can get on hold of us to let us know if you actually enjoy these episodes in the format that we've created you can find us over at voiceoftheforce.com where you can find all of our episode um Descriptions and images, and you can leave comments on those. You can find our shop for t-shirts and stuff. Uh, you can email us at voiceoftheforce at gmail.com, where you can email any comments, questions, reasons why you don't like us, reasons why you love Star Wars, reasons why you hate Star Wars. I don't know why you'd be listening, but you could do that as well. Um, social media, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram at voiceforcepod, as well as facebook.com voiceforcepod. Uh, You can uh, be so kind as to retweet and repost our new episode tweets when we put them on the websites that uh, it would help with growing our listener base and is very much appreciated. Uh, You can listen, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcasts on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and now Amazon Music Podcasts on their app there, as well as all major podcast platforms. So reviewing with five stars there. And leaving a comment helps with our visibility a lot. So if someone searches Star Wars in the podcast search, they'll find us if you leave them lot for reviews, which is nice. And uh, remember to listen to the outro for this episode to find out what we will be covering in the next episode. Back to you.
0: All right. So now that we're done with that, let's get into the book itself. <laughs> Yeah this is The High Republic A Test of Courage the author is Justina Ireland and the cover artist is Pete Antonsen. Uh apologies if I pronounced either of those wrong uh I mean the cover is pretty pretty nice looking I mean you know it 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 is very informative we've got the two kind of main characters well yeah the two main characters we've got uh everyone important in this book which I can't actually remember her full name but Vern nice, and
2: Trouble. Yeah, um, Im-
0: yeah, right, yeah. Her and Emry and uh, Yvonne. Yeah, I can never remember her name. I can remember Honesty's name because it's not Honesty. It's, it's not, not hard. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a word, right? And we have uh, <laughs> J six.
1: Yeah, J six, which really uh, looks like the droid from the Clone Wars. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, the it's, one that's it's voiced by, it's uh, it's uh, the Doctor not? Who guy. Well,
0: not just that. It's it's
1: the Old Republic. Isn't that the
0: light it's side a droid? Protocol. you it? Yeah.
2: It's- uh it's, no it's C C two N two kind of looks a little different than that oh, yeah? but in that's way back like in modern times you still see that kind of you see that one specifically really you see it all over the place oh, okay it might it might look a little different but um
1: who who Yang is the guy I'm thinking of from the Clone Wars okay, let me, oh let me just put in chat here for you I know because yeah you know yeah we've seen so. this before he's voiced we've by seen... uh what the hell's his name boy isn't,
0: isn't... He's like the um, Jada Temple Droid or something. Right? Yeah, yeah. He's the one that like comes yeah, with the building yeah. the
1: lightsabers on the ship and all that. Yeah, yeah. It's almost identical. It's like, oh god. Okay.
0: They look
2: a little bit like like new versions of Scorpio, kind of, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you look like
1: at, the uh, more Star Wars I look at the Republic, it, Republic, yeah, Scorpio yeah. is very much like an older version of that. Hmm. Got that like grayish metal, like old school metal look. Hmm.
0: Which is weird because it's not how it's described in the book, but um.
1: Yeah. yeah, Anyways, it's it, interesting.
0: Yeah, so the the cover also shows them on a a planet which, you know, looks kind of dangerous. There's a lot of lightning, and that definitely ties into the book itself. And, uh, yeah. Overall, like like we said, very nice cover. Cool. You get to see all the characters. And, uh, yeah, definitely let's head it on to target, the synopsis.
1: As you say, it definitely hits its target audience with, like, this is meant for young readers. I saw oh, this yeah. as a like, kid in yeah. school or something, in a library or... Wherever, I'd be Scholastic like, book. Fair, yeah. I want, yeah. yeah, oh yeah, Scholastic <laughs> book orders. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> you get then, this, and you get like a little High Republic pin, and that'll you know, be that badass. <laughs> but uh yeah, it's a
0: good point. Like you know, looking at this book cover, it's it's very clear that it's a different target audience than. Uh, the actual first high republic book which i can't remember the name of already (laughs) light (laughs) Light of the the jedi Jedi. there we go you know (laughs) even
2: even for being a young reader's book though like yeah sure it felt like we got that halfway through the book and then for like a little after the second half it really kind of picked Mm. up and like it's still it got heavy yes kind of you know yeah not not insanely like oh my god but it was like oh yeah this is a little bit more okay if you're if you're pushing 15 (laughs) This might, this might hit you.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. I don't want to say anything yet, because this is non-spoiler. Yeah, no worries. All right. And, yeah, let's get into the synopsis again. As Vernestra Rowe and Avon Staros board the Steady Wing, they soon find themselves in trouble as their ship is sabotaged. They escape alongside Padawan Emery, Honesty, and a couple of Avon's droids. Little did they know, they were followed by the Saboteurs. All right, so yeah, nice quick summary, like before. Uh, Overall thoughts, I guess, uh, Ed, since you brought this up beforehand, the 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 tone tonal shifts. I mean, we won't go go too into it yet. But you're right. There there's a there's a surprising kind of d- uh, darkness, I guess, that they kind of bring up part way through. And yeah, for for something that was kind of uh, advertised as as like a kids' book, it kind of surprised me that they were willing to go that far. But I think it also worked out well. Like they you know they still kept it mm-hmm. within. Yeah, the amount of levity that you need to, to keep it as a kid's book, I think.
1: And I think that, like, talking about the kid's book kind of angle on it, I think it's great that um, that, like, the darker side is mentioned in this, because it provides a lesson for for kids as well. Like, you know, how books have, you know, what's the moral, moral of the story, right? Um, and this definitely has that in it. Um, and, like, I would say this is probably meant for, like, 12-year-olds, maybe around there, maybe little younger, little older in that age range they would mm. kind of understand like the the themes of the of this book and, and all that kind of stuff so i think it definitely hits on you know the light side the dark side and gives them a moral of the story as well when you're when you're reading through it which is good
2: and that's the thing i, I love reading about padawans and stuff like that because you get to see it's always a coming of age kind of thing usually right yeah and especially at that point in like a young reader's life just be like you know look at this. They're on an isolated place. This is your little hometown. Guess what? At the end of this or near the end of this, you're going to have to realize it's a wide wide world out there.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And it it hits that really well where it's just like, you know, this is what several choices are in front of you and this is what this, this is what this can lead to. This is what this can lead to. It's hard not doing the
0: spoiler. It is. Um, it is. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but at that time like it shows you so much and at everything that potentially they can deal with in the future. How are you going to respond to it now? Mm. Like this is your big test. Without saying, hey, so we're testing you today. What do you do? Mm. You get. You always get to see a different interpretation of something every time. It doesn't matter if it was in the old Republic, High Republic, Republic before Empire era, such and such, or the ones who struggled through that, like Ezra, for example, right? Yeah. Like they all had tests, and this is. Yet again, another unique experience on one, and one that'll hopefully, because we don't know, shape the, where this uh, where this series is gonna go. It's vague enough for you? Sure. I hate that. <laughs> I,
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I appreciate the restraint. It's it's definitely tough to do, but I mean, you know, thank. I I don't think we've got too much more because this is this is a shorter book. It was only four hours. The one thing that I will also say I did appreciate was just the name. A Test of Courage sounds... It, it sounds approachable enough for anybody, basically. Mm-hmm. I, I do prefer that over, you know, Chewbacca and the Forest of Fear. <laughs> no offense I, to that I name, mean, but that one kind of screams I don't screams know about you guys, book.
1: but it was
2: pretty <laughs> cool. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you will always say that. There may or may
1: not have been a, a point in which Chewie knew that um, Palpatine was an actual Sith Lord in that book. Questionable. <laughs> questionable but uh yeah <laughs> this book here like like i said interesting interesting plot it had some you know basic stuff that you know conflict and stuff like that that made sense for the age group but i love the interactions between the characters as well um we had uh what was it Bern or vanestra even um those like those two characters specifically their interactions in the book were kind of interesting um, mm. wasn't always amicable which is you know, nice to have in a book like this for kids um but yeah overall not bad actually i was not expecting much but i was pleasantly surprised by the end of this book
0: yeah exactly I mean, that's yeah go ahead sorry oh yeah sorry We're basically <laughs> yeah. gonna say
2: the same thing <laughs> okay
0: yeah no i i i felt basically the same thing there were a couple of, of characters that i felt were a little bit underutilized and the only reason i could tell they were underutilized was i kept forgetting who they were when they were coming up yeah mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll get into that soon. But yeah, you know, outside of that, everything else seemed to to kind of flow fairly well. You know, um, I did also like how they they reference events that are happening in light of the Jedi, so that you can tell exactly when it takes place. Right.
1: Yeah, that's also a good point.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, exactly. So if you if you are getting into this book after having read Light of the mm-hmm. Jedi, it'll be that same thing, right? You know exactly when it takes place, you know what events are going on and and it very much explains they they do a good job in explaining how everyone knows the information that is coming across in Light of the Jedi, which was cool yeah, so it's it it really helps it feel like it's in universe, which I thought was good,
1: yeah, within the same timeline, mm, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, with that being said, I think we're all we're all holding back a lot of a lot of points because it is all spoilerific. Exactly. Yeah. So so from this point onwards, oh, uh, I guess the last thing we should talk about is whether or not we recommend getting this book.
1: Um... I would say it's cheap enough that it's not a terrible buy. Like, it's not your price of your um, like your normal novel, like Light of the Jedi. It's not like 30, 40 dollars. Like mm-hmm. I think ten bucks. Um and I definitely like the the audiobook's pretty good. Um it definitely adds to the um immersion, I guess, in the in the High Republic, I find with the, the audiobooks. But if you're a avid reader or you have kids that love Star Wars as well or, you know, are getting into it, this is a great uh great book for for both adults and kids, I think. For the price for yeah. sure.
2: I was gonna say, if you if you have time, if you have time and you like Star Wars and you want to just read something fresh, something new, worth it. If you are strapped and you can only read so much of the series or anything that you think, you know, if I need to get just a good chunk of Star Wars, maybe just pick up Light of the Jedi because you still get the mainstream. Missing then.
1: too much in this. No,
2: thing. it's it again. It's an isolated event it still will probably end up somehow important because you could see it potentially helping um for what happened in light of the jedi Mm. Mm. so yeah yeah pick it up even if it sits on your shelf for a while you'll get to it eventually it's good supplementary reading
1: it's a quick read Mm. like this would take somebody who's an avid reader probably a night to read oh yeah you know it's not too bad
0: yeah, yeah. The the only thing I have to add to that is just to expand on uh, Dan's point. It's, uh, yeah. It, so it was it was for us in in Canada on Audible. It was like eighteen bucks for the book. I'm sure if you actually bought the book, it would be cheaper. Uh, same thing with with Light of the Jedi because I I think those books usually go for like twenty twenty five bucks. But either way, for, and, for sorry, oh, sorry, yeah. Because <laughs> if you're buying it, um on kindle or anything
2: like that there's mm-hmm. always a reduced price but even still when i got light of the jedi and and this it's still it's close to full price okay but it's still it's still not bad like, yeah so this Dan book is $19.79 mm, uh, yeah.
1: canadian for a hardcover version okay. kindle's half that price and then uh for te- um light of the jedi it's about $38 canadian $39 mm. yeah so it's not terrible yeah yeah
0: but sorry yeah um no no worries um but yeah i'm 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 on the same page as as you guys basically, where it's yeah, if you want more high republic read it it's it's you know it's not a bad book overall, but uh you know if if you feel like you're a little bit too uh grown up for kids' books, then yeah, it's not super necessary, but it's not you know it it it's not one of those books that like bashes you over the head with with themes of friendship and kindness, like some kids' books are, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's not its not necessarily going to feel like someone's, you know, babysitting you, which, uh, which I think is good. But yeah, with that being said, let's now move on to the spoiler discussion. So here's the warning. If, you know, if you are going to read this book and you are interested, stay away from this point onwards. We're going to go into everything and, you know, no holds barred. So yeah, spoilers ahead. So, with uh, that being said, (laughs) Ed, what was the thing that you wanted to talk about?
2: Okay, so, in the last Temple Archives, we talked about um, all the old stuff that we've seen before and what can can we see here, and I mentioned, you know, one of my favorite series was the Path of Destruction with Bane and everything like that, and in the Temple there, the the only time I've actually read about it was when Githany showed up to the temple and she had a weapon of choice and why was she so special she was already so beautiful long this. oh she used a light whip <laughs> oh, yeah. and as a weapon and I'm, I know everybody back then they did it they did a whole illustration before but when the book was I was like you're picturing this thing and it's just like mm. how in the hell would you fight that how would you use that mm. how would you and like all these questions come up because it is just so awkward especially if, like the wielder and everyone else right Mm. so when it shows up here and vernetha it's like okay and still treating it like a yeah this is new this is prodigy and all that what have you Mm. but still it's like okay yeah nobody can just take this thing and whip it around or anything they take again everybody's talking about haha don't keep the lightsaber up to
1: your eye it's like yeah just don't hold the light whip
2: yeah but (laughs) there there's more but i'm gonna let everybody have their say I just no, that,
1: that's that's fair. Just to jump off on that point with a light whip. Um, mm-hmm. So I was like, we've seen stuff like this before, but it's not a like a light whip. It's called an electro whip. It took me a minute to find it. And oh, the, canon, the
0: slaver things. Yeah. Or the, what are they? What were they called? Zigerians.
1: The Zigerians. Yeah. They had like these energy whips I, that were like my... yellow.
0: My brain always wants to say Cathar, but... <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they're, like,
1: Because uh, they're people.
2: totally not other cat people. Yeah, even.
1: right. In Star Wars Rebels, <laughs> during the Crawler Commanders that come Into years episode, we mm-hmm. had the Trandoshan, um, like, miners, if you, if you remember those. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had, like, the energy whip as well when he was fighting Kanan. Um, so mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty interesting. Just Did they have
2: of... a version of it in Clone Wars when Obi-Wan was, like, That oh. was, the
1: cat people with the whips. Right. Yeah, the Yirians. yeah. But uh, that was interesting. Oh, I thought that was different. See, get a purple that, lightsaber again, too? Yeah, well, that, that's a whole other thing that
0: <laughs> I, I want to get annoyed about. But, yeah, it, it's interesting because we all have different first thoughts with uh, the Light Whip. Because my first thought was, I, I completely forgot about Path of Destruction. That Because my first thought was uh, Lady Lumia, which is... Oh. Yeah, yeah. Because that's that's the first time I, I, I've ever seen a, a light whip. So uh, Lady Lamia is uh, – because, Dan, I'm assuming this name means nothing to you. <laughs> no, not at all.
1: And just, so just before you go into that, just a heads up for everybody, the person we're talking about is Vernestra Rowe, the yeah. main character, I'd say, in this book. She has a purple oh, lightsaber, yeah, yeah, yeah. and she can turn a dial on it, and it turns into a light whip. It turns into a light
2: whip, because... yeah. Oh my god. I I wanted to get everybody in before I made Continue yours before yeah, I go yeah. on to my next one.
0: No worries. Um, so Lady Lumia is from, from a kind of weird point. I don't know. I can't remember how she fits into the timeline, but basically at some point during um, the the original kind of Thrawn arc, which I can't even remember the name of uh, for some reason because my brain's apparently on fire today. But she she shows up kind of I I want to say I think afterwards because I think Mara Jade's a good guy at that point, but she basically shows up and she's this like dark sorceress not quite a Jedi. Uh, she calls herself the Dark Lady of the Sith, but the the important point of that is she uses the light whip, and it's a it's a really tough fight for Luke because it's 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 basically this whole thing of you know the same thing you guys were talking about how do you fight a light whip right. How are you supposed to try and fight this thing that that kind of moves fluidly and you can't really block it because it'll wrap around your own lightsaber or you know swing around and hit you? But uh, yeah, she she's always kind of like the the thing I I think of when I think of light whip uh, just because that the first time I ever saw it. But yeah, no, I, I thought that was that was kind of interesting that you know they're they're kind of setting up how far back the light whip's been established by, but at the same time. Just because it was mentioned already, I really did not like the fact that uh Renestra has a purple lightsaber,
1: yeah.
0: That, yeah, that you know, it's especially because I, I think I might be wrong, but I think they've they've said in in you know new established canon that Mace Windu's lightsaber is purple because he's still got that light side dark side uh mastery,
1: maybe hmm. I'm not too sure.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm not a you know I have to to go uh, take a look, but uh, you know if I can't even remember Air to the Empire today, uh, I'm you know I'm not gonna remember if that's I, can't I didn't want to it. cut
2: you off because you're on a good roll with yeah
0: yeah it finally <laughs> came back from my brain it was like I remember the info. <laughs> yeah.
1: I was gonna say too, uh, just kind of on that light whip vein, uh, they mentioned in the book which I forgot about was uh, light whips are known to be used by the Knight Sisters. And I believe in Dark Disciple with, um, uh, whatchamacallit, um,
0: uh, Vajor- the boss, Not Savage. Uh, assage uh, uh, <laughs> Ventress.
1: Savage. Uh, <laughs> assage Um, yeah, with Assage Ventress. I think she uses a light whip in that book. She uses a bow. Oh, that's right. The light bow. But with it like seems the energy out like that, that weird, um. Tendril of energy. I guess and she slides down it. Yeah, I forgot about yeah, yeah maybe that's about. what I'm thinking of. But yeah, the night sisters use light whips, which is kinda cool too. And so there's a difference between energy whips and light whips, which is confusing. Because energy whips are like, you know, how a blaster works, I guess, with an energy source. Or well, also non lethal if they hit you, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And then a light whip is literally like a lightsaber that is a whip. Okay. So it could literally slice you in half. Um which is interesting that the like you know, the night sisters had, you know, kyber crystals or whatever for that purpose, I guess um it's kind of
2: cool no didn't you, hear, didn't you know now their feelings change the crystals in the area so if they're all thinking real dark thoughts i'm surprised the light blips aren't black Anywho.
0: <laughs> no what you, want to red, say you have to make them bleed <laughs> what did you want to but
2: say um this this is yet another instance of disney's throwing either a nod or a finger depending on your perspective it's <laughs> a legends I uh, told you we were going to discuss how it relates to both remember that hey koran horn dual phase oh, yeah. lightsaber yeah. Yeah, yeah oh this is a dual <laughs> phase i guess you're right because because the same thing he actually like either twisted the whole hilt mm. of his or the bottom half of the hilt of his lightsaber and it went it was a
1: bop it. and yeah like, twist it I mean, bop like, it, smack it
2: <laughs> it got thinner but it uh it got like another i don't know arm's length on it or something at that point because mm. he was trying to he was trying to trick a guy, basically like holding out the saber, being like, hey, look, now, see, I can't hit you. No, it's too bad. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you suck, so do I... Because I think he was gambling with something at that point. He was just like, there's a fate of a planet on the line. You know, I got to do something here. Okay. Uh, no, I'm going to hit you. Okay, good. Beep. Oh, yeah, surprise. You're dead. Okay, great. <laughs> but he, he also talked about then the drawbacks of them, which is when you're splitting into a different phase or anything like that, you're going to lose out on something. So for Vernestra I guess it's just, you know, losing out control any sort of, of sense over? of control exactly. Yeah. Mm. Like you don't get that same oh no, no. I Think of it in D&D terms. You you get like yeah. minus 2 to strength at that point and mm. cuz it's a whip plus 4 to dexterity. I don't know. But and yeah, I'd be at broken that point, as hell. I like that. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but still it's it's one oh, god it's one of those (laughs) (laughs) let's fall asleep here guys it was one of those things that I really appreciate and to see that it's finally come back in some kind of form again makes me kind of sad because it's just like you know remember where it came from where the idea came from but I'm glad that, that it's You know, if people are seeing it for the first time, oh, well, at that point, Mm -hmm. you're seeing it. You know it's a thing. So think of how many more creative ideas we'll get in the future. What if this next game that's being developed will let you do dual phase if you want to and kind of have it in... Can you imagine (laughs) that sort of way? It'd be like... Yeah, you know, you can you can just like how you were able to with Cal. One saber, two saber. No, I can saber this. Now it's an axe or something if they go
0: that way.
1: Right. God, uh, this is going to turn to Warhammer Yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no,
0: there, there's a limit.
1: Um, the one thing I wanted to say, too, is because you were talking about like how it kind of came from Cornhorn and stuff like that, huh. is uh, thinking back to Rebels with Ezra. When he first built his lightsaber, it was a blaster lightsaber, right? That's yeah. a, technically a dual phase where you could activate the lightsaber or you could switch it to generate these little... Uh, blaster bolts right Um, which I thought was you know I didn't think about it at the time but that is definitely a dual phase lightsaber as well in a way Mm -hmm. Um, reflecting obviously Ezra's character but in this which was really interesting is that Vernestra was talking about like how she came up with this idea and it was like the force reaching out to her and she like she woke up during the night and just had this idea of you know tweaking her lightsaber to be able to do this and she, she does the modifications and she said she couldn't get to sleep until it was done, and she kept it a secret because she wasn't sure if people would think that it's almost like, not blasphemous, but like on that same vein where um, she was not sure how people would take it, you know. Heretic! Yeah, almost, where it's like you're you know, modifying a lightsaber to do something other than what it's intended to do. Mm. Um, so I thought it was really interesting to, for her to be a little bit more self-conscious about how her lightsaber is portrayed. As a Jedi and as a Jedi Knight, specifically in front of uh Imri, the the Padawan who's kind of struggling with the light side, dark side. Um, but yeah, no, I like I like the light whip thing. I didn't think it was forced at all. I didn't feel like it was out of character or out of left field or anything like that. So, yeah. it's it's definitely
0: the. One of the best ways I've seen someone introduce the concept of it came to me in a dream, because <laughs> <laughs> that was that was kind of the first thing I th- when, when she explained that I was like, so it just yeah it was it was it's, it's the yeah it's it's the eureka moment right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, they did that in a good way, and it, it also kind of re- uh, what you were saying reminded me of another thing I thought they did pretty well, which was they they really push on you in this book when they're talking about uh Vern where they're going, Oh my god, she's the best. Look at her. So mm-hmm. young, Jedi Knight. Oh my God, amazing. <laughs> the bestest person ever. Oh man, hope all that, you know, hope all that amazingness doesn't, you know, affect her or anything like that. But it's interesting because when I think about it, that's really how they they kind of set her up. Yeah. But in the actual book itself, it it's not that apparent. They, they. I think they do a good job of you know tempering it, because you'll have you know Douglas saying, "Oh my God, youngest Padawan, rising star, bestest person ever," but then when you're when Vern is is doing any of her things, she just comes across as like a normal Jedi, and then they they do make it clear at a uh, you know a bunch of points where she's going, you know, I think this is the right thing to do. I hope it's the. I have no idea. I, I,
1: I'm
0: I just going rage. I
1: think I've, too. Right, yeah, being so right. young.
0: Yeah, she was what 15 I think they said.
1: Yeah, so like she has a lot less experience than say, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi as a padawan, right? Mm. In episode 1, where like you see her inexperience with um just, you know, a whole bunch of different things um because she only has like she just turned into a Jedi Knight recently, right? Mm. So she's still kind of I guess fighting with the the um the, str- the struggle between what is know, right what is wrong and that comes up with emory when they were talking about um when they move the boulder out of the front of the cave right and then he moves mm. like she's like hey this is a good point for you to you know try and um uh train yourself with the force and he moves it and then later on they find that it, the boulder rolls into the the ship that they find yeah and yeah. she felt really bad about that so there's a for lot of some things. reason well i mean it's because like she well she talks about it like you know, they didn't know that they were the Nihil at the time in the in that mm. ship, right? So, so she's like, "Well, maybe you know some other people live here or on this planet, and uh, you know we've just damaged their ship and we might have hurt somebody or done yeah, things." That,
0: that's yeah, that's true for the beginning. I just I, I found it kind of funny later on when when she knows all that and her and Avon go up to the ship and Avon's like, "How did that happen?" And she goes, "I uh, reasons." <laughs> she's like, "Yeah, I'm not you should too sure." Feel
2: when yeah. something like that happens. Like that More that's humanized. something she, Yeah, she should be teaching that. Again, it's a young kids book, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. young adults. So it's like, you still want to have these values in there.
1: Specifically in like, I don't know if you knew these kind of kids in school, but like I knew a few students um, when I was going through high school, like this is kind of the age that Vernestra is 15, right? Where, you know, she's very strong with the force. She's very knowledgeable. She's very smart. <laughs> But she lacks the inexperience, like she's she's not experienced with, you know, the the outside world to a degree, right? So yeah. she's still learning about that. Like you know those people in high school, right? They were book smart. No, yeah, yeah. I on. don't
2: know anybody in high oh, school yeah. who could use the force. I was Yeah, to... <laughs> sorry, <I've> been...
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. obviously I not like the laughing. force, but like <laughs> the, the human and our world version of that. Yeah, I was like,
2: yeah. I that would have some fucking words for them, right? Yes, teach me.
1: Give me the me how you, do this. you know those book smart kids that were, you know, struggling they with move objects with their minds. Yeah, exactly. Um... Yeah,
2: those are the ones trying to burn holes through the teacher's head. <laughs> yeah.
1: staring at them. Oh yeah,
0: oh, really nice. if, if, if the force is math, then my school was chock full of force users. But...
1: <laughs> but I think I think a lot of kids that age would definitely that have that are in that similar mindset and have that similar skill set, like with knowledge. Um and whatnot would have a good uh, connection to this character Mm. you know i think that's that's really good it shows that there's flaws like this character is not just this prodigy she also has her flaws and things that she's working on right
0: yeah and while i I do think that 15 is a little bit above the the age range for this book i think what i was most impressed with is you know we talked about it before but all the characters in this book have more than one dimension. Like we were saying with Vern and with some of the other characters like Imri and Honesty and, I mean, everybody. Don't forget Gwishy. Who? (laughs) (laughs) He's got the most. Yeah, okay. The bad guys are one-dimensional, but there's not much of a surprise there. But, yeah, they're all two-dimensional, and I feel like that's a nice breath of fresh air. I'm not used to seeing that in kids' books, but at the same time, I do remember... As a kid, I the books that I, I actually remember and did enjoy reading were ones that, you know, the character's not just a one-dimensional, everyone should be good. Oh, the the light side's amazing. Isn't this the best? Like, not characters like that. Although, granted, I also had, uh, I don't think average taste as a child. Things like Hatchet was one of my favorite kids' books.
1: That's a good book. It's they just, still read
0: that. Yeah, it's true. I, but, I mean, you know, someone dies in that book. They do.
1: So. They definitely do. <laughs> and and you get to figure out what happened to them. Spoiler so alert it's, for uh, a really old book.
0: Yeah, well, spoiler <laughs> alert
1: for Hatchet. Who would have thought this would have Hatchet spoilers? Yeah, Okay. No, spoilers. no, seriously, what? Spoiler alert for the non-Canadians, I guess. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I guess.
2: yeah exactly. <laughs> no, 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 I don't know this book. Please you have never, never read, read hatchet? hatchet? No! The, okay, it's it's, you're saying, like, it's, it's boy gets stranded, so
1: you know. basically. And he has to survive it, yeah, so, by himself in the wilderness.
0: Yeah, 15 year old kid so gets mad versus a Canadian. Wild? Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Very, like, uh, basically, yeah, 15 year old kid gets stranded in the Canadian wilderness, and all he's got is a hatchet.
1: And he has okay. to kind of, you know, go with himself and try and figure out, like, battle with himself, like, killing animals and, like, eating, you know, eggs and stuff like that from yeah, like, a bird's yeah. nest and, like, these type of things, where it's like, normally a kid in, like, school wouldn't really think about that. But then when you're mm-hmm. by yourself in the wilderness, you need to survive and you need to eat yeah it it gets things very much similar to this
0: and it it gets pretty heavy and uh yeah there's uh yeah either way it it was a book that i really liked growing up i read it in grade five or something like that but
1: can we make the title (laughs) of this episode a test of courage the hatchet of star wars (laughs) i mean
2: what does he does he die or something
1: Oh, well, uh, yeah, there's another book that's
0: like a what if where he has to survive in winter. But uh, yeah, I guess spoilers for Hatchet Ahead. (laughs) We're going to read that book. Okay, so so the two heavy moments are uh, he tries to hunt a moose and he ends up getting trampled by it. Um, and he like almost yeah he like almost dies like it's it's rough. He's a fifteen year old uh, kid like yeah he yeah
1: yeah fifteen year old kid tries his... to hunt
0: a moose with a bow and arrow it doesn't end well. Um, And then the entire reason he 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 crash here he crash lands in the Canadian wilderness is he's he's on like a single person plane, and the pilot who's flying him to where he's supposed to go gets a heart attack, and fucking crashes in a lake. And at the end of the book he has to go back and get like the emergency kit from the plane. Um, so he dives into the lake to get it and he finds the pilot's body and he learns that all the fish that he's been catching were eating the pilot. And yeah, that's a scene where it's like, oh god.
1: Yeah, this is this is for high. This is this a, is, it a, young this is a book, book that's still read in high school, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Like it's a great book. It's it's such a good if if a student hasn't read a book like this um in like grade eight or anything like that, it's or like mm-hmm. any, you know, book outside of school or whatever. This is a great way to kind of get their their taste for you know a, a, not a darker story but like a story with more than one uh side to it right more development yeah. for the character and everything oh,
0: it's, it's definitely a, a darker deeper story than most kid books have but
1: getting back to this um we get introduced to uh jedi master named jedi master douglas which <laughs> when i heard the name douglas no offense to just you know ireland great characters and everything but like yeah. i don't know i just it was like douglas okay cool i i, I buy it whatever um, it was just interesting that you used that name, but um, <laughs> Jedi Master Douglas di- dies at the beginning of the book, or like an hour and a half into it, right? Like, they get on the ship, and it's sabotaged, he pushes yeah. the Mac, and then you, he- like, throughout the escape uh, sequence, you get uh, Vernestra trying to reach out, and Imri uh, trying to reach out, and by the time Imri tried to give, you know, his, like, we got away kind of feelings through the Force to his Master Douglas, through his, his Force, I guess, um, presence has disappeared already along with everybody else on the ship so i just was like man they're dropping like they're dropping jedi masters in the high republic like flies and i i, I get the reason for it i think it's to cause like a state of a emergency in the at least in the jedi's mind where like mm-hmm. okay these these things are not happening out of the blue for no reason there is targeted uh things and they're actually deadly to us right because i mean i don't think jedi master douglas could have done much else there was no escape pods. He wanted to save everybody else there, the kids, right? And the kids got out of there with the only ship that was available. And there was no escape pods left on any of the floors. And then the ship explodes as soon as they make it out. So it's like, I, I get it. I get it. But I just, I felt like, uh, I don't know. Douglas was, I don't know what the term is for a trope, for this kind of thing where it's like, here's the, the fun Jedi master dude who's awesome and understands his Padawan and just dies. Well, I mean, it's, it's it's a trope in itself of,
0: yeah. oh my god, the mentor character dies. Now we know the stakes are are higher than they've ever been before. Kind yeah, of a thing.
1: it creates conflict for the for the kids too, because everybody on this planet now, like on the moon where they are, they're all kids, right? They're trying to survive. They have no experience doing this before, right? So It does create a mm-hmm. little bit more of like a let's do a, uh, what is it the, um, what's the book in high school called? With the kids crash land on a thing,
2: oh like, uh, island, island. Uh, Lord of the flies. Lord of the flies. The flies. flies. I was gonna say yeah. pig, of yeah. pig
1: of the flies, pig <laughs> of the flies. Lord, it's kind of like Lord of the flies in Star Wars, and in a way, it's not that gruesome and that uh, ridiculous, but yeah, no con shell either. But like they're all by themselves, right? There's no one that's an adult that's with them, very much like Hatchet, right? Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I thought Master Douglas was just like a, a plot point more than I don't know anything else.
2: Yeah, he's that he's that trope of. You know the master who's just a little bit from making a real attachment to the padawan where they feel like you know they're so attached that mm-hmm. it's they're going to be that's their test
1: like obi-wan be like, type thing
2: <clears throat> exactly like to show you know you got to show that you can have distance from me and stuff like that and just you know as the book is on we see the eventual you know how attached were you and how much did it bother you because you know you treated this maybe this was the first father figure in your life and look he's so fun he's so cool oh isn't this the way all masters should be oh no well you (laughs) suck guess what guess mine's the oh no now there's pride oh no now there's this oh no now you're attached you don't want to oh no taken from you violently and you're trapped here what's the worst that could happen (laughs) like it's the it's the setup that had to happen to to have that mini fall i guess near the Mm. end the, yeah, one
0: of the saddest falls to the dark side I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, I guess, yeah, Imri's, Imri's whole. Understandable, though. We have to, I mean, it makes sense, right? But, man, I thought the dark side was supposed to make you m- more powerful. You know, quicker, easier. Pat. He he's like, the dark side yeah. is within me. I will become this evil murder machine, and I immediately get dropped by the night hill. Yeah. it's just like, oh come on, man, <laughs> It's, all, it's also something.
1: He, he wasn't thinking straight, I think, at that point too. Um, mm-hmm. The one thing that I really did like was when he was starting to like in the cave when he was taking the night shift to kind of make sure that everyone was you know okay and whatnot. He uh he starts thinking about this and like, well, maybe I can do it myself and. You know, all this stuff. And it's like, I'm going to punish them for killing my father. And then mm-hmm. he's like, oh, wait a minute. That's not my feelings. That's honesty's feelings. And you're just like, oh, okay. He's more like the, the dark side gets... He can get... A Jedi can feed off of the dark side and people around them as well. Which is mm. very interesting. Like, if we take that concept, guys, back to Palpatine and Anakin. Like, just the amount of dark side that was within Palpatine when he was... um. I don't know for a better word grooming anakin i guess um lack of a better word um Mm. like i could see anakin then subconsciously beating off of palpatine's dark side energy because he was hanging with him a lot you know in the senate rooms and like all that Mm. kind of stuff right and there's a lot of interaction between them so the more he hang out hung out with him and like protected him and talked to him and stuff like that as a mentor you could definitely tell like this is something that makes sense in star wars like this sort of empath type um fall to the dark side i guess
0: yeah and that
2: sorry yeah that's always been kind of like the trap of the the empath right whenever you hear that, it's like there you feel like their training should be that much harder because of what they can pull in from around them Mm -hmm. the whole palpatine thing see with him it's like you could you could argue like the mastery of itself being him being able to like not let those feelings bleed and really just manipulate and let it guide his actions more so Mm. you know what i mean because like if he was to drop any ounce of dark side at that point even no matter how blinded they were they would have sensed it and like who's that all came from the thing or if any of that got around anakin or whatever he's in the council chamber all the time yeah like they must have been in dire straits if they couldn't feel that
1: not just that but like in palpatine's office there were sith artifacts in a way and and that's it Like
2: it's it's a wooly thing if they're trying to introduce it here i can i can accept that as if they show something like okay and with the rise of whatever the nihil may do that rips the balance or anything like that and sets it going towards the dark Mm. depending on how they react to it you would be like oh okay and this from this moment okay all of a sudden it stopped working and i don't know why i didn't die in the thing or whatever happened but like now i I just feel like it's heavier or it's harder to do this thing and eventually I just can't do it anymore. Yeah. Or something like that to yeah. show some kind of shift, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, and I felt that they they had a good setup for that too in Light of the Jedi because, you know, now we've got uh, Lodestrom who's still trapped in that, you know, technically Jedi torture room. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, I feel I feel like, you know, that's a good way to, to set it up where you have... Exactly what I thought. Yeah, exactly, right? This is why... Martian's doing this because he wants to see if he can break a Jedi. And we know it can happen. That same kind of thing. Yeah, right. With, Padawan, with,
1: right? Obviously, it's faster. It's a lot easier.
0: Well, and also, you know, being an empath, I'm, I'm sure that helps as well. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I I understand that, you know, they, they don't want to show like, no, you should use anger and, and hatred to become stronger. But <laughs> yeah, man, that just, that shocked me when, when Honesty's like, okay, because we I, yeah. cause, well, because I thought what was going to happen was... Emory um, was going to be like super callous dark side and be like yeah honesty go in I'll be right oh, behind shit. and then he uses honesty as a distraction yeah. to, to hit the hill, right that's what I was expecting it kind of happened so, that way
1: in a, in a way but well, it failed it failed no, completely Yeah, yeah, there was no yeah, plan
0: so, so then when he gets caught and he's like oh the the it, the plan never had a chance to succeed and I was like yeah because Emory set you up and he goes no he just looks over and Emory's on the ground yeah, and I was like I, okay yeah. <laughs> yeah it was pretty so good you just, you just failed utterly interesting that, ahead sorry that the that point also again kids book i get it you can't go too far but the i did i didn't like the fact that like a chapter before they set up the night hill we're like no we have to kill them all we have to kill even kids we have to just kill just Mm. just get rid of everybody we just kill everybody and then we're good to go as soon as they actually get them they're like no keep them alive We'll the use two, them the as Yeah, bait. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like,
2: yeah. you know, it's it's the whole Team Rocket Pikachu thing. Oh, you know, we exactly. got him. Great. Yeah. Okay, let's just get away. Yeah. No, now we have to stay here for like a week and make sure they see us and then we're good. Exactly.
1: The one thing I wanted to just point out with uh, Imri is he is 14. He is a Padawan. He's not strong mm-hmm. with the Force, at least not as much as Vernestra. He struggles a lot with the Force to the point where his lightsaber, when he built it the first time, is not super strong and they mentioned that a few times where like it keeps on like flickering um so it's not a stable lightsaber I would say um and he was talking to Vernestra about that and he's like yeah like I don't know what I did wrong and Vernestra's like you know what like next time you build it like you'll get better at it don't worry
0: is that a new thing as well I didn't I've never I don't remember ever hearing that your integrity as a Jedi
1: no it wasn't the integrity of the Jedi it was it was more like because when you assemble a lightsaber it's through the force if you remember that yeah Right? You, You're just
2: your control is, is Right, all His all control right. is off, yeah, so like okay. parts
1: and pieces inside of it, but like this is how I interpreted it P- parts and pieces inside of it. The crystal might not have been perfectly aligned and all that stuff, which mm-hmm. is why people okay. that aren't Jedi can't build lightsabers, or mm-hmm. I guess that you can use a force can't build lightsabers. This is um, just things you I just can't thought that was an interesting
2: or a Hydro with,
1: right? Because it, yeah. it also okay. mentioned so, like so. in the temple as a Padawan and as a youngling, uh, Imri was a lot slower than a lot of the other students. Like he wouldn't get things right away, but his master Douglas, you know, kept, you know, teaching him and going through the lessons over and over again until he got it, right? Um, which I thought mm-hmm. was great. And like, as a teacher myself, like looking into like the aspects of these characters, like I, could, I can see having students, I've had students like Emory and I've, well, and they, you know, getting <laughs> who, mad too. Who
0: can't get solid lightsabers. <laughs> well, they,
1: yeah, exactly. They, they just, they, they're, you know, um, yeah. they, they don't learn as quickly as other students. Or even, I just want to talk. Kind of getting into the discussion with Aven, even Staros. Um, I don't know if you guys caught this, but she's like super, like she's super techy, right? She has all these things. She likes to think of it science-wise, but she, she a hundred percent gave me the the feel of um, being a little on the uh, autism spectrum uh, to the degree where it's like she can't really read the the feelings of um, honesty. She just kind of says, "Well, your dad died," oh, yeah. like just yeah, being blunt about it. Yeah, the part, the part
0: where it. she she references the uh some person's uh like treaties on how to handle loss Mm
1: -hmm. yeah and it's just like like there's little pieces of um story where even staros i don't know if this is intentional or not but like i could definitely see that um being a part of her character which is i thought was interesting it was great because Mm -hmm. it created like some conflict and then when someone pointed something out to her she'd be like oh i guess i did that i'm i didn't mean to you know and like that's exactly what, like, I work with with students with, with autism, with like, social awareness and stuff like that, because they can't read body language. Um, mm. I thought that was really interesting, uh, as a character you, with Avon. What did you guys think of Avon?
2: That's a that's actually a really good point, because then it makes me think of you know, we're, we're ha ha joking, like, the whole Master Douglas thing like that, <laughs> but what if it's that simple? Yeah. Like, what if it's just like, this, that is what they're trying to portray, and it's just like you know, instead of getting some fancy or like 15 syllable name or something like that, something that's so difficult. It's just like, here's Master Douglas. He's just here to help you.
1: Yeah, he's just kind of thing, you know? Normal teacher. Like, you're,
2: you're a support guy. He's fun, he's all the time, everything like that. And he goes out of his way to save them. And they're like, Oh yeah, right. Master Douglas, yeah, he's a cool guy.
1: I mean, he's he was pretty, pretty cool. Not- like the, the conflict that they had in the ship when it was ripping itself apart and the bulkhead couldn't close, I was like, damn, this is crazy. But, like, they're open to space right now. The bulkhead can't close. And they got to figure mm. something out. He's like, Vernestra, go up there and cut the, the chair free. Yeah. Become Neo. Yeah, exactly. Do She's the like, wall run.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa.
1: Yeah, that was pretty good. I was like, why didn't yeah. she just, like, hold herself with the Force and then just use the Force to remove the chair?
2: She's only a prodigy. Calm she had, a,
1: she had to cut it out, which was, I thought it was pretty cool. It was like he had a lot of faith in Vernestra. Um, and, like, even at the beginning of the book, you see, like, Imri, you see his character kind of becoming unstable there. Where was like, he didn't ask me to lead he asked for nestor to lead when there was Mm. you know they had to leave that um the place where they were to see what was going on with the ship and no
0: there's there's definitely good yeah there's definitely good build-up to his dark side it's just again when he goes dark side it's just it's the saddest thing right where they they fight and he goes if you don't move i will kill you and i was like dude you couldn't even take out a single night hill when you were dark side infused you really think you're gonna fight her now and then yeah, he just immediately gets his ass kicked, and I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, that fight was <laughs>
1: interesting. I, was just, I like I was, the first time she threw her whip, like she whipped her um, the floor by um, Emery. I was like, oh, she cut the lightsaber in half, and she's like, mm-hmm. it says the second time she did. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. that's cool, that's cool. I'm glad she did that.
0: But um, it's it's also interesting. This this is uh, kind of a different point, but I, I found it kind of interesting that because there is two references to Disney era planets in this movie. Oh yeah, and I actually liked one of them, and then Hosnian Prime again made my eyes roll the, the back of my I, skull. as soon as I heard Whereas, that last
1: night, I was like, "Oh, you guys are gonna roll your eyes. I know it." I, well,
0: it's just another ad placement.
1: Exactly. Like, okay, so a, here's, dude, here's
0: Hosnian Prime is so cool. Avon's from there, and she liked it, so you should too. And I was just like, oh, "Stop." Can <laughs> I can I
1: make a can I make a point? Just because we keep on coming back to this, mm. I just want to say, like you guys said last time we talked about Hosnian Prime, that there is like, what do we know about Hosnian Prime? You know, two things: it's a dockyard. It Has a dockyard and it has a um, the Senate before it explodes, right? Yeah, we don't know much else about it, but we can't know much else about it until they tell us about it more. And that's but
0: that but that's the problem that I have with it, right? Is because this is the reason why I liked the fact that Jeddah showed up in it. Yeah, because they talk about Jeddah and, and it's like, like the cool. pilgrimage and stuff. Well, so I just because here's the thing again, it, it comes back to first impressions, right? Where it's like, oh yeah, yeah, I know what Jeddah looks like. I know what the temple they're talking about looks like. I understand why you would go there because they talk about the fact that you were using it for kyber crystals. Mm-hmm. Right. I can I can picture Jeddah when they explain Jeddah to me. Yeah, so when he yeah, says a
1: huge part of the movie there, and I get that, yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. Right. So when he says, uh we, we I I was looking forward to going to Jeddah and then doing this and that, I was like, Oh, cool, going back to Jeddah. Again, first impressions of Hosnian Prime, it is a planet.
1: With a Senate yeah. And it kind of looks like Coruscant from what we saw in episode seven. That's exactly. about it.
0: Yeah, right? that's that's all I know about it. And it's like cool, but there's a cooler Senate in Coruscant because I know what Coruscant looks like exactly, and I've seen that Senate. I didn't see a bunch of people, you know, on a balcony with a woman who I literally didn't know anything about because all of her scenes were cut out in episode seven. She's in books. <laughs> she, oh, she's amazing. in books. <laughs> yeah, she's in books. Like, I, no. don't, I don't even I know, know her name, know. right? And she just gets annihilated along with a bunch of other planets I don't care about.
2: <laughs> when do you think they're going to bring them in?
0: But yeah, exactly.
2: it would it would really suck if it's like a carbon pay, copy and paste of the course in the Senate. Mm. Because then, I, again, it just goes to show it's like, so So, what so, importance is this place?
1: But one thing that I, I, I was listening to on, uh, I think it was Star Wars Explains or... It was one of the other YouTube channels, and he was talking about... Um, he was talking about Hosnian Prime, and like why Coruscant hasn't been used in the movies and stuff like that. The new, the sequel trilogy. And he was mm. saying like, whether it be because, um, you know, they wanted to avoid all the old canon stuff just to create something fresh or whatever it was. The, the one point that he talked about, which I forgot about, is that the, the New Republic... I think it's in Bloodlines where it's mentioned. But their, their Senate and all of their, like, the, the capital planets and stuff like that. So in the, going back to, like, the original trilogy and, like, um, uh, prequel trilogy, it's Coruscant. That's the capital of the galaxy. It's central. It's the capital of the galaxy. Now, with the New Republic, their capital of the galaxy is, it moves every so much time, a lot of time. So, like, Hosnian Prime at the time. Yeah, no, and that's, I'm not going to, like, this is, what, this is what it is. So they move to Hosnian Prime that time period and they were there for I don't know maybe a few years or something like that. And then they would move to another place. So like Asian Prime I, is just another planet. It's not even no. like the center of the Does galaxy. the
2: UN move around? That's, yeah well that's, that's, so that's no so that's, I, I hate that. I hate that that's fair.
1: That's decentralized fair. it's a decentralized capital, I guess is what how I put it. So it, it's a moving capital. that's funny it's that's interesting
2: really funny because um um coruscant if it's every four years like a presidential campaign but even still it's like why just why do that i i do make I up that this
1: rule thing. to justify that, was, that was sequel trilogy stuff so i just wanted to point that out hazyme prime is okay. not specifically like the senate and like the core of the galaxy he, at that time it was
0: that
2: that so, that that's the screams. Starkiller base could have been anywhere else, and it could have shot anything else Where wherever they just happened to move.
1: Right, but the, since everybody was there for the Senate and for all the—being the, the, the capital being there, they destroyed that system because everyone was there. That's why they did it. Anyway.
0: I—no, that, that's not— that, I don't that want to— Let's not get so into single-trilogy stuff. To now? No idea. No idea. I don't want to dump on that, on that reasoning super hard, but that is one of the—that's so— Can you imagine how okay? How much time and effort does it take to set up one place as a seat of power anywhere? Right? Mm -hmm. Imagine, imagine if we did that here, where it's like, okay, in four years the capital of Canada is Vancouver. Yeah. yeah, Right. That would be a night, a logistical nightmare every four years. It would probably take you four years to get it up and running, and then you just have to move it again. Yeah. It's the same. It's the same reason I hate the logic of the resistance, where it's like, oh. We're the New Republic. We don't want to be like the Empire, so we're not going to have a uh, military. And it's like, cool. I didn't realize that you wanted to be fucking idiots. <laughs> it's
2: like start. that's yeah.
0: – right? That's not that, – no. I, show me any civilization where that's a feature, you wanna and I'll be... show you a civilization that didn't last a single generation. Yeah. Jumping back like, uh...
1: to the bo- – I know, I know.
0: Yeah, jumping back to better timelines like yeah. High Republic.
1: 200 years before, <laughs> or 230 years or so, I don't know, before, yeah. 240 years before. Um, we got uh, the mention, I think, of Coruscant in this one, because she wanted to go to Coruscant University after um, submitting, uh, even wanted to go to Coruscant University after submitting research that she did by herself on how they could harness the power of Kyber crystals to use for other things, not just lightsabers, which was interesting. Story point because it's like that's eventually what the death star becomes from like that mm. technology right so i think that's that's maybe where they're going with that is it's going to become like slowly that's where that research came from which is kind of funny if it came from like a 13 year old girl um because at the end of this book after uh late lightsaber gets cut in half um he's like oh i don't even have it anymore like i don't even think they're gonna care that it's there oh yeah and, and she, she's she like sneaks it. she just <laughs> sneaks over and Put, takes it from vernestra's bag and puts it in her own she's like hey, 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 hey. i'm going to go to university
2: <laughs> it's maybe like well you also might
1: kill everybody in the universe
2: maybe this 13 year old does be a, become something I mean, that eventually leads the plan
1: to kill the universe I mean, there's multiple planets we got jedda jedda and it wasn't destroyed though jedda was oh
0: well not fully no, destroyed J- J- Jetta, but Jetta, was, Jetta Jetta city was, city was, was annihilated. Wolf, yeah.
1: okay you guys haven't read the comics yet i forgot um there's I... a part in the comics where they go back to Jeddah after that happened.
0: <laughs> what, and then one just get no. no
1: no no, no, not the empire. Like, the Rebels. Wait, what? Yeah, oh, it's it's, okay. it's great. I cannot wait for you guys the to The Rebels
0: that. destroy Jedha? No,
1: no, the Rebels go back to Jeddah. They actually yeah, go no, the, onto the, the planet. You
0: you presented that in... in yeah, in, I didn't
2: know. Yeah. Sorry. You presented
0: that in the frame of they go back to Jedha to blow it no, up. No, no, no.
1: So, like, after they blow it up, after the Empire blows it up, the Rebels yeah. go back to Jeddah and actually yeah. go onto but, the planet. Yes, that's sure, what I meant. the
0: point still being, Jedha is still in one piece. Not, yeah. They don't not blow tech- up Jetta or well, Scarif. It's, they just...
1: It's, annihilate sections of them. It's kind of a it's kind of there. It's like, the it's almost like Concord Dawn, changed. I guess. Yeah, exactly. In a way, where like, it's a fractured planet that's dying. Oh, um, okay. But then we also have like in the sequel trilogy, quickly uh, at the end of the sequel trilogy in Episode Nine, we have the one planet that gets destroyed. Kijimi, I think, it's called um, it by that one star destroyer, cares. which is the what, same technology. What did it? What did it do? It destroyed it, Kijimi. That's all it did.
0: Oh no! A bu- a bunch of maybe. People. A b- Who knows if they even died? Because everybody from Kajimi shows up at the end.
1: Two people yes. <laughs> that
0: we saw, right? Yeah. The whole yeah, two people. <laughs> yeah. I gotcha you. Oh no, a bunch of faces I feel just as bad as I did when Hosni and Prime blew up, which was nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh so- well, it was it was outrage at first because I thought it was chorus. <laughs> this is my, my fault. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, (laughs) i know every time i bring it up there's no way that you guys can't talk about it i love it we just go off on it it's so good
0: seriously though okay you know what
1: i'm gonna put this out there i think one i think the next discussion episode that we we gotta do is literally we're just gonna talk about the sequel trilogy from all the points we got we're gonna we're gonna just talk it out and we're gonna have one episode where it's literally just a sequel trilogy and your thoughts on it and my thoughts on it and we might get somebody else on there but I just want to get that out of the way, so it's just like, okay, we don't have to talk about the sequel trilogy every time we talk about something new.
0: I mean, we're probably going to still. I know. I know. I know. It's I
1: know. It.
0: I mean, sure. Tune in next week when we slowly destroy Dan's spirit by just completely ripping
1: apart the sequel trilogy. My spirit has already been destroyed, <laughs> and it's being transferred to its own <laughs> new body now. You know what? <laughs> Sorry, Dan. You really like Seven, though. I liked it when it like, came out. It was fun. Oh. It was a fun movie, and it was like, oh what will happen next because we get Luke at the end and it's like there's a lot of interesting threads there and then it just yeah it it falls apart but I liked it as like you know Star Wars is back after how many years and we have this new thing we'll get back into that in the discussion episode but yes mm -hmm. I enjoyed Force Awakens I watched it several times and it was fun to watch with friends and I enjoyed I enjoyed the thrill
2: it was fun. See, and 7 is the one we rip on the least so what really is oh it is, oh, it is. Be- yeah yeah cuz it's, it's not it the least just, wrong with yeah. it
1: yeah it's where eight falls apart and then nine tries to fix it and also falls apart but all right um anything else about the characters in this like we get two we get captured we capture two um nine Wishy and uh what's the other one's name uh Klinith Daw and the reason why they did, like sabotaged the the ship um the, uh, the steady wing is because they, you know, the Galactic Republic wanted to expand into the Dolman sector, which is where uh, Honesty is from and his, and his father, the diplomats, and all that stuff. And then the Nile, like, we don't want that because if they did that, then we're basically screwed out here in this sector, um, which I guess is in the outer rim. Um, but we kind of get a little bit more information on these guys. I think Klyneth was a strike and Gwishy was a s- cloud. He says he was in charge of these strikes. I assume there's a cloud, right? Yeah, I, I did laugh when he said that, where he goes,
0: I am in charge of these strikes. And I go, the one?
1: Yeah, yeah, there's
0: one left, yeah. <laughs> in charge of, yeah, the whole per- But it also, again, this is something that I thought was was good, where it explains why, you know, all this stuff is happening, right? Like, I think it's, I, I can't remember if it's Clinith or, or Gwishy, but they're talking about how they're saying, you know, w- we, we have to get this right because I just gave most of our men to Cassiv uh, to to just, use in yeah. something that we don't know about. And it's like, well, off screen, you haven't realized it, but that entire that entire talent of the of uh, what are they? What's the top called? The Tempest. That entire Tempest is just gone now.
1: Oh yeah, and she, they yeah. don't know that because they're doing their own mission, right? Mm-hmm. The thing that got me with this though at the end, which was super dark. Was it like, oh, we need to recruit more because if we don't, then the other Tempests are going to start, you know, strikes are going to come after us and take us out, right? Because that's how it works. The strong survive, Mm. the weak don't. And uh, the interesting thing, I was just like, oh, man, they went there, was at the end, they're like, we got to go, we're (laughs) going to go to the Dallin sector. Hey, you know, higher up, how many schools are in the Dallin sector or on the the planet Dallin or whatever? And it's it's like about 100. Well, it wasn't clear if it was child soldier time or if it was. We're gonna go attack some schools because they said once we're done in the Dallin sector, there'll be nothing left.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I I, I saw it as more of we're gonna recruit people from we're gonna recruit people from the violent sector. Hmm. Um. So I thought it was that because Dallin but kind of very yeah, much seemed it's the like Uriah that's, that's pretty rough.
1: It kind of had its own it had its own like uh, trial uh, coming of age type thing where the, you know each each person that had their own career path that they wanted to take, they would take a different trial. Um, mm. Kind of similar to Iriadu, where they had a, like a coming-of-age thing with, with Tarkin in that book. But so that was pretty cool. <laughs> Slightly
0: more violent. Oh, yeah. Coming of his age step, story. Well,
1: I mean, depending on what you want to do in Dallin, I'm sure the trial would be different for each person, right? Mm. Could be more violent or not. But what did you guys think of Honesty? Like, I thought he was a pretty flat character for the most part. He got to kind of become friends with Avon and um, talk to Imri a little bit when he was going out for that, that final mission where they screwed up. Um, but interesting character or not really...
2: Uh, I like the droid more, and I usually, yeah, yeah, I usually side with droids. And anyway. yeah, yeah, but in in all honesty, like the one character I felt that was kind of flattened was there to, I think, push more plot device than anything, because we wouldn't have things go forward without honesty. Mm. Aha. that's that's a that's a quote to live <laughs>
0: <by>. <laughs> But spoken like a Jedi.
2: <laughs> please, please, sir.
0: <laughs> but but no, you're right. I, I I felt kind of the same thing. Where in the beginning it was, ah, here is the the bland boy with no emotions. Oh no, bland boy is angry now. Yeah. Now he's learned that anger doesn't solve problems.
1: Yeah, and I feel well, I feel like that's, nice yeah. I, I feel like that's nice why I, I felt like he was kind of flat <laughs> as a character. Um, but I mean, as as a kids' book, like I, you can't have everybody you know go through an amazing story arc or anything like that. In such a in such a sh- uh, small book, uh, yeah, short story, yeah. right? But but um, it,
0: it's it's definitely yeah. a case where I think Imri and Honesty are the two f- kind of flattest or at least le- least developed characters.
1: Imri and Honesty, yeah,
0: yeah, I found... and I mean Douglas too. But that's I know uh, Douglas had more character than both of them.
2: You think yeah. the council would step in on something like this for that? Like you just become a knight. Who says you get to get a padawan so
1: soon? Well, I mean.
0: The, the, yeah, the only reason that I was okay with it was, yeah, in the beginning I was like, well, that seems really abrupt. And then I remembered the, it's, it's, it's the same situation as Obi-Wan and Anakin, right?
2: Train the boy, you must train him.
0: Yeah, yeah. But so, so with that, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Become a Jedi Knight and then immediately take on a Padawan. Although Anakin was, what, like five years younger than him? Yeah. Not a year younger yeah. than him. So it's a bit different, but. And he had no force. yeah. Like no, you you, you can start, start, at
2: at star <laughs> <laughs> start at the pure basics and then while you're figuring things out, like, you would be like, oh, yeah, by the way, this is more stuff I know. Mm, I think, Versus like they know the same things up to a point.
1: I think Emory's path with uh, with Vern is uh, very interesting. Um, just specifically with Emory, uh, the tragic scenario with, with Douglas losing his master and falling to the dark side. Um, Vern's challenge there is to bring Imri back from the dark side, which she struggles with at first and then realizes that she did make a difference when she was talking with uh, Jedi Master Skier later on. And um, just bringing him back from the dark side was a big feat for her, especially as a newly um, vetted Jedi Knight. Um, the, the one thing about Vern is, though, that her being a prodigy um, is hard on her because she lacks the experience that other Jedi Knights have, um, which gives you um, quite a dynamic between uh, both Vern and Emry as uh, Jedi Ma- uh, Jedi Knight and, or Master, I guess, um, and Jedi and Padawan with uh, with Emery. Um The thing there is there, there's a lot of pressure on Vern to guide Emry in the proper ways through the force um, to make sure that he doesn't fall to the dark side again. Um, and the last thing I just wanted to say on this was um, that Vern knows that Emory has a lot of potential as a, as a Padawan, and that was one thing that um, that I mastered. Douglas knew um, when he was teaching Padawan em- Imri. So it's interesting. I'm excited to see where that goes.
0: Yeah, and and you're right. Like that part that part threw me off, especially because in the beginning when Emory's talking to Avon, it makes the plan makes sense where. He's, you know, he's saying to her like, you know, they want me to go back and they want me to to start doing my my pre Padawan training to kind of recenter myself and, you know, take some time away from everything to to see if this is the right path that I want to go on, which makes sense because I'm not even sure. And then like, you get the pep talk from Avon, and I was like, oh, that's nice, you know, kind of, kind of. Putting in her input make him feel like he he didn't screw up as badly as he did. But, but then skier just kicks in the door and goes, "Nah, that's the bitch method. All right, now you're now you're a Padawan again under uh, under Vern. This is gonna be the good way. Well, you don't think you can do it? Do it, you coward!" And I was yeah. like, oh,
1: "Oh, okay, this is <laughs> yeah, And There's a good character, uh, Skier, Jedi Master Skier. He's in he appears in the uh, High Republic uh, comic issue number one. I'm not gonna go into spoilers or anything, but he's portrayed as a really interesting Jedi Master. Uh, Very different from what you'd think a Jedi Master should behave like, I guess. It might be due to his, like, Trandoshan um, heritage, but he's just a very uh, vicious-looking Master in the comics. It might be just the way he's drawn or something, but even his personality is a little bit more, I don't know, free-spirited in a a certain way um, than other Jedi Masters in the High Republic or that we've seen before. But he's a really interesting-looking character, and I can't wait for you guys to see him.
2: The one thing... One thing I don't like about that scenario is that you have Vern who's, again, prodigal, 16. how is she supposed to know what a regular Jedi Knight should be and when they should, like from a Padawan to a Knight, because her experience is unique and so unique mm-hmm. that not everybody's going to go up the same way she did.
1: And that's a good point. But um, Vern does talk with Emery when they're walking through uh, like the, the forest and stuff like that. And he's like, I'm ready. Emery says, I'm ready to, I think I'm ready to become a Jedi Knight. And um, and Vern says to him, well, it's not for you to decide. It's for the Force to uh show you that you're ready. And so there's that kind of understanding that she's not kind of the one that makes that decision. It's more um the Force kind of wills it and shows both of them that he is ready to become a Jedi Knight.
2: Yeah, see we get that but then in we just read light of the the, the light of the jedi and Loden to bell it's just like you know how many times have i done this when i was seen, like you can just you know when the time is right you spotted that but you do that with experience mm-hmm. and coming through like could it be something that could have been done in five years, 10 years versus maybe 15 or 20 years, depending how long it'll take, or maybe it'll happen too soon and just go to show more inexperience or, you know, they could keep her on the up and up and great forever, but it creates this interesting scenario that you could definitely write more about where it's like, okay, maybe, you know, she's so great at everything, but fails that. And somehow he ends up either falling again or, something something else. And then that goes to show either more development for her or could it even stunt her in some way at that point. But she'd still be a very interesting character to see and follow for this. Like I love reading about the young ones because they always somehow surprise you with something, either good or bad.
1: Yeah.
2: But especially especially for somebody like this where it's like, you know, how many times have we read from like that one who's placed so high up on something, just taking the worst tumble? You could take, mm-hmm. and you're looking at somebody else being like, "Oh, so you're the one, um, like the only one we haven't seen do anything like that is Yoda, really?" Because I mean, everybody else who's had the opportunity to like be great and stand for something has somehow fallen.
1: I, I mean, I mean, we do uh, see him fall in the end of Episode Three when he uh, fights Palpatine in the Senate Chambers and and uh, goes into exile on on Dagobah.
0: <clears throat> no, not not a physical fall. Then I'm kidding.
2: <laughs> I mean, when he fell the <laughs> the Senate. <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> you um, lost to anyway. uh, all of the senate
2: <laughs> but yeah i just it just it just makes me excited more so than anything because you know this is this is a character i remember when we were going over everything was just like okay oh cool new is she gonna be like the anakin of this time or everything like that and this mm. might have shown like you know the what if scenario it's like okay you know here's your ahsoka what do you do different or how do you go are you more of an orthodox kind of trainer or are you going to be just as wild and unpredictable because you're this you know so crazy good Jedi I don't know it's it's an interesting story so I want to see what I, go. exactly mm-hmm. I want I want them to really focus on her but at the same time it's a good overall story and there's so many ways that they can just okay we're back to this focal point and they can tell everything in one short segment in the next book for whatever the second one of the Light of the Jedi series will be and just merge everybody. So now everybody's on like the That's beacon. The
1: <laughs> I just wanted to ask, like I can, I can definitely see that uh, Ed has definitely attached to some of the characters in the book, but uh, I, I did as well. Um, but was there any characters that uh, you got attached to a little bit in in the book, Noma?
0: Um, really just Vern and Avon. I'm curious to see. Yeah, I'm curious to see if they're, how they're gonna evolve Vanessa's story. If she's just gonna stay in the kids' book stuff, then I feel like there's some potential that could be missed. But I don't know. You know, like we said, this is a book where they're actually fleshing out and giving depth to characters. So it, it's you know, regardless of of which one, if if she, you know, I, I don't want to say graduates to the main books, but you know, kind of elevates to the main books or not. I'm interested in seeing it. Same with Avon. I feel like... Yeah, yeah. And and same with Avon. I feel like she's on the cusp of being... Not quite in the same league, but getting close to, like, Star Wars Tony Stark. Where, you know, she's one of the first characters that I've seen in the Star Wars universe who's really interested in, in the tech. Mm-hmm. And, and really, not just being like, oh, look at all these cool things I can do with tech, but trying to advance it and then see how far it goes. You know, with all the stuff that she's talking about with Jason or oh, sorry, J6, um, with J6 and, and all of, you know, just her fascination and watching that programming take a mind of its own. I feel like that gives a a, a lot of good uh, groundwork being laid for then her being able to invent something important in the future. And whether that becomes, you know, the prototype of the Death Star or not, or something else, I'm curious to see what happens with that. Honesty and Emory, eh. I, I, I could take or leave at this point.
1: Um, I actually just looked it up, and it uh, turns out they are returning in Out of Shadow, out of the Shadows, uh, which is coming out on July 27th. It looks like we got Avon, we got um, Imri, and we got Vern coming back. So uh, look out for when we do that episode um, in July, when that book releases. But uh, I think we're good to get into the, the ratings, Noma.
0: All right, so yeah, in terms of ratings, I, I guess I'll start off this time. I'm giving Test of Courage a 6.5. And it's it's mostly, honestly, just because of... I know we were saying this is amazing for a kid's book, but it is still kind of clearly a kid's book. And that's partly why I'm giving 6.5, where it's just... It's not its fault, it's just I think I'm a little bit too old for, you know, the lessons that it's really trying to teach... Like yes, the dark side is bad. Well, I mean that's objective, but <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, exactly. You know, it, it's it's as much as the characters are nuanced and detailed, it is still a very basic story. And it's got very basic points. I like it when the dark side's a little bit more nuanced, although, you know, like I said, me and Ed are very biased towards the dark side. But yeah, I I, I wish that that the Dark Side had actually helped Imri and not just been a just worthless. And a few other things. There's there's a, a a few little things holding it back, which I think they had to, again, because of the target audience. But, yeah, that's the reason why why it's getting 6.5 for me. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ed, how about you? You know, I wish you hadn't phrased it like that.
2: Because <laughs> <laughs> I... Uh... I actually did the opposite with it and gave it a 7 because of the fact that it was a young readers book so you know give it a bit of a bump at that point just to be like you know what the 7 shows it's still in that you know range for me where it's like you should read it and like you'll like it and you'll get something out of it regardless if you go back to it or not and I think their portrayal of the dark side having a little bit of a tantrum and i'm gonna lash out and rebel yeah let's say every every, an eye hill yeah and every kid who what what kid hasn't wanted to do something a little more than a kick to somebody they really didn't like at the moment or really angry at at the moment like it's it's still a human emotion where i wouldn't see okay yeah dark side you're bad oh no it's like no it could happen just you know say sorry afterwards (laughs) i think that was that was the big lesson there it's like you know own up to what you did reflect on what you did it's important to know these things too and i appreciate that like you have to use the dark side for it so yay for you know recognition dark side made a book yeah it's not some weird (laughs) pirates and then jedi but at the same time it's just like okay but like that's again that's somebody brushing it and you know play acting at one this is nothing like what we would see or should expect to see if anything this is probably downplaying it so much that when it does show up we're just like i didn't know you could be that strong on the dark side even balpatine levels mm. so something i hope wishful thinking disney hello right but <laughs> yeah it's it's a seven for me i won't probably go back to this one again but not bad
1: I gave it a seven as well. Uh, the thing I liked about the the story was that the characters were interesting. They had a lot of, um, development in terms of like having conflict between each other and arguing, but also coming to conclusions of things and, and working together. Um, definitely moved the plot forward in the, the high Republic, um, era. Uh, the other thing I really liked was the, the dark side being mentioned in, in this book in a kid's book, I find that's a really hard thing to balance to make sure it's not too dark, but it's also uh, believable. And it shows, you know, Emre makes a mistake, but he's, you know, able to redeem himself. And uh, he's doing it with the help of his his new master, um, Vern. But, you know, they're around the same age. So, you know, they they do have a little bit more of a connection between, you know, what their experience is versus, um, you know, maybe Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, that kind of thing. Um, The nice thing, too, is they kind of gave us a moral of the story as well which is you know, a big thing in kids' books. It's something that we talk about in school all the time with, with students um, when we're working on stuff in language class. Um, I would definitely highly recommend this book to any of my students that uh, are interested in, in Star Wars or want to get into Star Wars. I feel like it's a good starting point as well. I say that with a lot of books, but it, I think this is definitely a good starting point. Um, I think I also related more with uh, Jedi Master Douglas after we've had the discussion <laughs> I, I, feel I, I too feel want to die
0: in a ship explosion
1: my <laughs> um, and uh, yeah it's kind of funny and uh, also the capture of the, the Nihil um, we have two Nihil that are actually captured and can be interrogated for the High Republic to kind of get more information on the Nihil so pretty cool I'm excited to see what happens next yeah since
0: we've all given our reviews it's time for the outro welcome to the end of this episode if you've stuck through this long thanks for listening and we've got a fun treat for next week's temple archives we're going to be doing this is an oldie but a goodie well it's old now which kind of hurts me uh anyways it is going to be yeah it is going to be uh darth vader volume three the shu to run war and yeah i only say an oldie now because this is the first of two darth vader series right
1: yeah this is the first of three Darth Vader series first one was twenty seventeen the second one was twenty nineteen I think and the third one is twenty twenty yeah
0: oh man yeah so uh so join us as we dive six years into the past God that hurts. <laughs> and uh yeah go through the original Darth Vader line oh, it's yeah. it's
2: classics that's all it's, it's yeah, getting... exa-
0: yeah exactly yeah, this but... is the same series that brought us Vader down so it's it's the yeah, golden this is the stuff
1: first,
0: uh, after <laughs> Vader. oh okay But, uh, yeah, if you have any thoughts on this week or next week's episode, or just thoughts in general, then there's a bunch of ways to contact us if you missed them at the beginning. Uh, Ed, do you mind going through those real quick?
2: Yes, and this can be your test of courage and ours as well if you want to.
0: (laughs) It all comes back to the beginning! (laughs)
2: All these squares make a circle, man. (laughs) Yes, if you'd like to So yeah, if you liked any of those as well, please contact us at com. You can email us at voiceoftheforce at com. If you're more of a social media buff, you can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook and yeah, honestly posting something, retweeting anything that we've shown to you or anything that you found interesting about star wars and want us to talk about it you can post it on our social media then send it over to our email and then hopefully it'll show up on the website it all works together but it really does help grow the listener base and it is appreciated but be sure to listen rate review and subscribe to the podcast on apple podcasts google podcasts soundcloud spotify and all major podcast
0: platforms all right and with that being said thanks again for listening